Open your Bibles this morning to Second Chronicles chapter 13. Second Chronicles chapter 13. I suspect that uh, we have all heard someone say, or maybe maybe we've said it ourselves, I'm in the fight of my life. And that might be said in reference to a lot of different things. It might be a politician that is running for office. It might be a spouse trying to avoid a divorce. Could be a parent trying to stop the self-destructive behavior of one of their children. Maybe a business trying to ward off bankruptcy. Might be a person that is trying to uh, you know, overcome some addiction. Might be a patient that is fighting to recover from some dreadful disease. Might be someone that is emotionally distraught and they've literally had a a breakdown and just feel that life is over, they'll never laugh again, that uh, they're in the fight of their life. But that statement is never more real, never more serious, never more dangerous than when you think about fighting against God. And that's the subject of my message here this morning. Before I begin... I want to say something you need to remember. God is either your best friend or He is your worst enemy. Now, you, you mark it down. That's true of every single person in the world. He's your best friend or your worst enemy. have been many wars waged throughout history. Uh, the largest, most serious battle that ever rages is that of man against God. And it's been that way ever since the fall. We can characterize this world and its relationship to God by the word hostility. The world is hostile against God. And we see that over and over again. Throughout the Bible we see it. We see Pharaoh fighting against God. We see the Assyrians fighting against God. We see Nebuchadnezzar, the proud King Nebuchadnezzar, that basically said, Who is God that I should obey him? I mean, after all, I'm Nebuchadnezzar. And all of them went down in defeat. And then you go on through history and you think of people like Hitler, Stalin, different ones that have tried to conquer the world and and they set themselves against God and each and every one went down in defeat. We would be a fool to think that we could fight against God and prevail. And yet, that's exactly what a lot of folks are doing. Here in Second Chronicles chapter 13, Keep in mind this is after the death of Solomon. And a terrible thing happened. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. The kingdom was divided. And Jeroboam led a rebellion against Rehoboam. And Rehoboam was Solomon's son and his successor. 
And throughout this the 17-year reign of Rehoboam, the Bible says, in, if you look back in chapter 12, verse 15, says there, there were wars between Rehoboam and Jeroboam continually. Now remember that Jeroboam now has control of the ten northern tribes. Rehoboam is in control of what is called Judah, and that's the two southern tribes. And all during this time, there is war raging between them. After Rehoboam's death, the, chapter 12, verse 16 says, Abijah, his son, reigned in his stead. Now we come to chapter number 13, and we find Abijah trying to rectify the wrong. He's trying to get things back on a, you know, on an even keel and smooth sailing. And so he assembled an army of 400,000 men. Now that might sound like a large army, but that was only half of the size of the of Israel's army. They had 800,000 men. This is David versus Goliath on a national scale. And before we get to the text, I, I, I just want you to get the picture of what's going on here. In verses 4 through 12, we find Abijah, you could say he's the good guy, and he is addressing the enemy, that's Jeroboam and the ten northern tribes, the bad guys, and he charged Jeroboam with rebellion and warned him of the folly in fighting against God. Verse number 12 is our text this morning where he said, And behold, God himself is with us for our captain and his priest with sounding trumpets to cry alarm against you. O children of Israel, fight ye not against the Lord God of your fathers, for ye shall not prosper. So this was the message. Now, when you look at verse 13 through verse 17, we find that instead of yielding, instead of taking this good advice, Jeroboam set an ambush in the rear and a battle ensued, and 500,000 men of Israel were slain. They had an army of 800,000. Think about this. A half a million men are slain in this battle. And, and we, we get down to verse 18, 19, and 20, and the, here's the end result. It says, the Lord struck Jeroboam, and he died. Now keep that in mind. Half a million men died as a result of one stubborn king who decided that he was going to fight against God. That's just one example of many examples that we could talk about of people fighting against God and they're always fighting a losing battle. Now, the circumstances are certainly a lot different today. But this mistake is repeated over and over again. And even as I speak, there are multitudes of people that are waging war against God in the battlefield of their mind. They, they might not come out and mention it or confess to it, but that's what's going on in their mind. They are waging war against God. So I want us to think about, number one, the reality of it. Number two, the results of it. And then lastly, the remedy for it. The reality 
of it. What in the world does it mean to say that we are fighting against God? And as I said, you ask most people, are you fighting against God? Well, they, well, they would deny it, but that's because they don't really understand what it means to fight against God. Now, it can involve a lot of different things, but we can sum it up by saying that it is rebellion against God. We're fighting against God anytime we rebel against the will of God. Man is struggling, as it were, to get his own way. And it's been that way since the fall. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to what? His own way. Forget God. Forget the wise advice of those that have been down that road before. Man is determined to go his own way, and history proves that he's willing to do anything in order to get his way. So that's what we're talking about when we say that, that people are fighting against God. They're living in rebellion against the Lord, and, and that rebellion is manifested in a lot of different ways. It might be when we disobey His command. Every single one of us can probably, with just if we took 10 seconds to sort of examine our lives, we can all think of some area of our life where we are, at least for the moment, being disobedient to God. We know what the command is, we know what the Bible says, and yet, although we know what God is commanding us to do, we are in rebellion against that, disobeying God's commands. It might be that we're fighting against Him whenever we ignore His warnings. Aren't you glad that God cares enough to give us warnings? Amen. You know, He could have just written the divine standard of right and wrong in the sky and then just automatically the moment that we transgress, automatically take our life and send us off to a devil's hell. He could have done that. But out of the great depths of His love, God has warned us over and over again. And you're fighting against God anytime you ignore those warnings. It might be, the warning might come from, from your Sunday school teacher. It might be, you know, one of those talks with mom and dad. It might be grandma and grandpa, someone that has set you down and is trying to give you some good advice straight out of the Word of God and they're warning you, don't go down that road. But God is using them as human instrumentality in order to warn you, and you're fighting against God when you ignore that Bible-based information. Not only that, but we fight against God whenever we oppose His work. A lot of times people do that. If we voted to... This morning I was talking about Sunday evening attendance and, and midweek services. And if we voted right now, I'm confident that by far and away the majority would say, I vote that we continue having Sunday night services. And, and I vote we continue to have Wednesday night services and that we support missionaries. Just go right on down the list of all of the things that we're doing. And yet we all know that not everybody 
is supportive of everything that we do. There are times that we even unintentionally oppose God's work. We, by our actions, set ourselves against it so as to hinder the work of God. Boy, it's quiet in here. Wow. Think about opposing God, ignoring His warnings, disobeying His commandments. And then there are those times that we just simply mistreat one another. Boy, God takes that personal. Over and over, I've heard again preachers especially quote the verse where God says, Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And they always do so in light of the fact that, boy, you better, you better not criticize the preacher. Now, let me tell you, you better not criticize any of God's children. All of God's children are precious in His sight. And we've got to be so very careful about how we treat one another because God takes it as a personal insult whenever we mistreat His children. And that goes on all of the time, you see. And it's fighting against God. It's not just you opposing that person. It's not just you, you know, trying to put that person in their place so it'll make you look better. You're actually setting yourself against God. Ephesians 2 and verse 2 says, this is the way Paul describes this age, the Spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That, that spirit, that attitude of rebellion against God. And throughout the Bible, we see it in the way of Cain, the heir of Balaam, and the gainsaying of Korah, the selfishness of Achan, the disobedience of Saul, the wickedness of Ahab and Jezebel, the hatred of Haman, the pride of Nebuchadnezzar, the folly of the prodigal son, and on and on and on the list goes of people living in hostility against God, refusing to submit to His will for their life. So anytime you see anyone resisting God's will, you're looking at someone who is actually fighting against God. Jesus made that clear whenever He said, He that is not with me is what? Against me. So He's, he's saying you're either a friend or you're a foe. There's no middle ground. If you're not with me, you're against me. I don't know about you, but that's a scary thought to think about setting yourself against the Lord. And so this is a reality. This is a reality that at different times in our life, we all find ourselves dealing with this issue. And if we're ever going to really get a handle on it, if we're ever going to conquer this problem, we need to consider the results of it. Well, we could just sum it all up. You know, and say, well, the bottom line, the end result is this, that when we fight against God, we lose. That's true. That's a summation of it. But there's more to it than that. Regardless of how you view it, rebellion always results in ruin. I'm talking about in the loss of some form or another. But we're going to end up on the losing end. To be specific, think about the different ways that our life is affected. There are personal problems within. You know, those people that are because of their 
hostility against God. They're always in a state of turmoil. They're filled filled with doubt and with fear. They lack love and joy and peace, those things that make up the fruit of the Spirit. And although they usually blame the circumstances or maybe they blame others, you know, I wouldn't be like this if it wasn't for so-and-so and what they did. In reality, it's rebellion against God. Somebody might have mistreated you. Somebody might not show you the proper respect. On and on and on. But when you get right down to it, you alone are responsible for your actions. And there's always going to be something missing in our life if we shut God out. And we're never going to find real satisfaction apart from Him. So there are those personal problems that we encounter when we're fighting against God. But secondly, there are relational problems. In other words, it doesn't just affect us within. It affects us and all of those that we're in contact with. You know, it might be, it might be on the home front. Whenever one person in the home is fighting against God, the other people in the home is going to be affected by that. It might be at school, it might be on the job, it might be in the church, whatever. When there's rebellion against God, other people are affected as a result of it. And we think about the difficulties of life, a world of hostility against God and hatred for God and sometimes for God's people and how difficult it can be to live in a world like that. But it is amazing what we can live with whenever our heart is right with God and we're not fighting against Him, when we're not struggling against Him, when we know all is well between us and God. It's amazing what God can help us to bear by way of our burdens and to, and, and, and to get through in life. A lot of times we think, you know, boy... If this ever happened to me, I, I, did, I couldn't endure it. I mean, it would be the end of me. And yet we have these exceeding great and precious promises. You know, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And on and on the list goes. Where we, if we're not fighting against God, we can bear up under those adverse conditions then it affects us also not only in our relationships and our inward emotional state, but it affects us by way of the loss of blessings. I remember many years ago, it's probably been 50 years ago, the first time that I ran across that verse that says, they limited the Holy One of Israel. And I remember how that affected me whenever I just meditated upon it and kept thinking about it. They, scrawny man, limited the Holy One, limited God in what God could and would do in their lives. That's what Israel did. That's exactly what we do so many times, that God wants to do so much more for us than what we allow Him to do. We just shortchange ourselves. And we always lose blessings whenever we decide that we're going to fight against God. But it gets worse than that. Then there's the matter of chastisement. 
Paul talks about it there in Hebrews, very clear in that very familiar verse, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son that he receives. He said, if you be without chastisement, he said, you're a bastard, you're illegitimate, you're not a true child of God. If you can live in rebellion against God and not be chastised for it. Think about that. So many people think, well, because we believe in the security of the believer, because we believe that we have eternal life, that we cannot lose our salvation. And a lot of folks have the attitude, if I believe that, I'd just sin all I want to. The truth is, we sin all we want to and more than we want to. But the point is, we don't get by with it. We don't lose our salvation, but boy, God sure takes us to the woodshed in one way or another. It might not always be sickness. It might be in some other painful experience because God knows how to to get our attention. And that's exactly what He does whenever we rebel against Him, when we fight against Him. And we don't listen to, to good counsel. We don't heed the warnings that we've been given We just go on stubbornly refusing the opportunities to repent and to make things right. And eventually it gets to that point that God has to chastise us. And then the step beyond that is the Bible says there is a sin unto death. Think about that, a sin unto death. He's talking about Christians there, by the way, believers. There's a sin unto death with always you know and we should think about how good God is how gracious God is but so many times we forget about the fact that because God is holy he is also he is also a God of wrath and there comes a time whenever we as God's children are so rebellious against him that he just takes us on home to heaven we die prematurely. It's so amazing to me that we just kind of ignore, you know, that, that part of what the Bible says. Like, it's, it, God wouldn't do that to me. God wouldn't do that to my loved ones. Well, He not only would, He can. God has that prerogative. He's God. He can do what He wants to do and never make a mistake while He's doing it. And for those of you that are unsaved, that are fighting against God, there is the loss of your soul altogether. That's why Isaiah said, Woe unto him that striveth with his Maker. So we see all of these different results that come about because we are in rebellion against God. So what is the remedy for this? I mean, how do we fix a problem like this? When man is so stubborn, so determined that he's going to do what he wants to do, regardless of what God says, regardless of the warnings that he sends and the roadblocks he puts in our way, and and even whenever he is forced to chastise us, what what is the remedy for, for man's problem? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20 says, Be ye reconciled to God. You see, if our major problem is hostility, then our greatest need is reconciliation. 
That word reconciliation means to take two opposing parties and to bring them into a state of peace with one another. In other words, uh, the, the enemy becomes a friend. It speaks about a change of relationship between God and man, that we're reconciled to God. You see, up until that happens, man is in rebellion against God. Isn't it a wonderful thought to think that here is God in all of His splendor, in all of His glory, perfectly holy. And here we are as vile, filthy sinners. Nothing pure about us. And to think about us being brought into a state of peace and harmony with God like that. How could that possibly happen? And Jesus steps into the picture. The only mediator between God and man. And he stands in the gap and becomes that bridge, as it were, that joins man to God that we can have a relationship with him. Boy, if you're here today and you've, you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you know heaven is your home. If you starve to death, if you lost every penny you've got, if you got cancer tomorrow and died next week, you wouldn't have anything to complain about because you have the most wonderful blessing in all of the world. And that's the peace in knowing that God's your Father and heaven is your home. The best is yet to come. You don't look, we're just here for just a little tiny part of time. And one of these days we'll cross the threshold over into the wide expanse of eternity where we'll spend forever enjoying our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But even though you have that wonderful hope, it's still there's still that possibility of me, Brother Kenneth, you, any of us, all of us, that possibility of us for some reason setting ourselves against God. Resisting Him. Ignoring the warnings that He, that he gives. So the question is, and there are several questions, but the first one is simply this. Are you fighting against God? I mean, I don't want to go back through all of the things that we've talked about. I don't think I need to do that. You know... You know, are you fighting against God? Resisting His will in your life? Ignoring His commands and His warnings and all of those things? But let me tell you, if you're fighting against God, understand you're fighting a losing battle. You can't possibly win. Let me ask you another question. How long has that been going on? It might be something that just started recently. For some reason, all of a sudden, that you, in your rebellion and your stubbornness, you decided you're going to step out of the will of God and you did just that. It's a recent thing. You need to get on top of the problem right now. But for some, it's something that's maybe been dragging on for, for a long time. 
Remember in the beginning of the message during that 17 year reign of Rehoboam, there, there was war constantly going on between him and Jeroboam, this battle raging all during that time. How wonderful it would have been if they could have sat down and worked out some peace agreement together without 500,000 men being killed by the Lord. The Lord smote them. It was God's doings. He might have used human instrumentality, but it was God's working that brought that about. And so maybe with you, this is something that's been going on in your life for months or maybe even years. I don't know. The question is, how long are you going to continue on? How, how long are you going to just persist in your stubbornness and your rebellion before you finally decide, hey, I'm losing this fight and it's just going to get worse. I, I, I know I need to make it right and I'm going to get it right. Because you're, look, you're not going to gain anything by delay. Delay is dangerous. The only thing in all of the world that will ever bring real peace to your heart is to know that you have submitted yourself to the will of God. And the will of God for one person might be something, you know, that's different than for another. If you're not saved today, I, I know God's will for your life. You say, well, how, how could you possibly know what God's will is for my life? Well, the Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's will for you is for you to be saved. And there's no need in you worrying about anything else, about God's will for your life, until first of all, you've got that settled. Trust Christ as your Savior today, because you're fighting a losing battle if you don't. There's no way possible for you to win. For other people, the will of God, it might be that you've been saved, but you've never followed the Lord in believer's baptism. You've just, well, maybe you didn't understand how important that was. But now you do. And you need to be obedient to the Lord and take that step of obedience. It might be that God's been speaking to you about, about your church membership. I, I don't know what it is. It might be a conflict that's going on between you and others. It may be dishonesty on the job. It could be a thousand and one other things. What it is doesn't matter. What you do about it is what really counts. And to just put it off. You know, it's easy to say, preacher, well, I know you're right. I, I, I know that's what the Bible says. I have to agree with you. But, and someday, I, I'm, I'm going to get that straightened out. It's going to cost you. I'm just warning you now. It's going to cost you. Some way or another, you're going to pay a price for delaying. Now is the time because tomorrow might be too late. Notice that warning again. and He says, fight ye not against the Lord God of your fathers. And then notice the last part. For ye shall not prosper. Just another way of saying you're going to lose this fight, buddy. You're going to lose. And we all lose whenever we determine we're going to fight against God. Give in. Give up. Give yourself over to Him this morning. Say, Lord, 
I know what you want me to do. I know what I need to do. And I'm going to take care of that business here today. Let's all stand.